All right, welcome back to Build Ain't Easy. I almost got confused because I'm having like identity crisis, crisis issues working from the other podcast space. And you're you don't have anything behind you that tells me who we are. So you got all this stuff, all these little, all these little sayings, you know, and keep sayings. yourself a little motivated, you know, keep little, yourself. All, all I can see are those really crooked ones on the end. Oh. Hey, life's like crooked. Like, you know, it's just to remind you that nothing's like always perfect. I so. love it the most that talent and grind are crooked because like, yeah, talent and grind would never be crooked. Like, I guess. Actually, yeah, no one's like always 100%. There's always a little something in there. But, you well, know. welcome to Build Nain Easy. We've, we're coming to you with another fun filled, fact filled episode, right? That's so right. Hit them with it. Well, well, let's talk about a lot of things that happened this week, right? So first of all, I'm wearing my, this was actually my, it now becomes my every Super Bowl we're in sweatshirt because the people in my house are quite superstitious. We've talked about this before. And the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl despite all the naysayers and the haters who said that they wouldn't. And I thought Patrick Mahomes said it pretty perfectly when they were interviewing him post game where they said, you know, coming in as the underdogs, like this was such an impressive win. And he said, I think this just goes to show people that the chiefs are never the underdogs. So like you have to be quite a powerhouse to be able to make that claim. And he has already come out and said, it's going to be a three-peat. They're going to do it again. And I think if anybody in this game can lay that claim and, and actually make it happen again. It's Patrick Mahomes. So, um, and you who remind me again, who you were rooting for. Well, I don't really watch football, but I don't know. I just saw um, the 49ers, like little, little purds, little purds, like was the last pick in the NFL. And so it was a, it was a good game, but I, I definitely thought the per, I was like rooting for them. Cause I mean, come on, dude, like last, last draft pick goes on he's like a believer he's like trying to lead well just a little I felt like he was the real underdog and so I'm sad he didn't win but not cool not cool Dakota Myers so I don't watch football too much so I don't have much how much say but during that moment I was definitely rooting for the well it was an outstanding game and you know I think people are still constantly hating on Taylor Swift. God love her. But, you know, I saw a clip the other day. Well, first of all, I don't think the girl has asked for any of this attention. First of all, like she's not going to the games asking to be recorded. I don't think she probably ever wants to be recorded. Right. But she has brought over $400 million to the NFL this season. That's crazy. Why anyone would bitch about this girl and anything she's done. I mean, she, again, She's not asking for it. She's just there supporting her boyfriend. So like I say, leave these freaking people alone. Let them be happy and stop saying terrible things about them. Like and you just see the clip of uh Travis Kelsey singing like Viva. There's two clips. One of him singing Viva. Well, actually three clips. One, him yelling at the mustache man, little Andy Reid. Okay. That was okay, well, what... let's let's we're gonna get into that one. So tell your two other clips and then let's talk about okay. that one. So the second one was him singing like is like Viva, Viva Las Vegas, and like the camera panned over to Taylor, and like everyone's like that was one hundred percent the ick, like she got the ick. 
and that that was that was just, I mean, that was funny yeah. like him just singing up on there that was number two number three was him during the um the rally or whatever before we'll talk about that the shooting happened but uh he's like super drunk and like patrick mahomes is like holding him up on stage and he's like he's like i kept making the stroke with my all week he's like yo 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 cut it and he's like he's like trying to sounds like sounds like you on a podcast i know i know i was like i was like travis is my man dude i was like that's funny i don't agree with being drunk but i i was just funny like patrick was like pretty much holding him up and so so my was like we saw the real side of travis kelsey everyone's like travis is red flags we don't know okay everyone needs to just settle down (laughs) first of all be the one to cast the stone if you've never been drunk or made a fool of yourself. If not, then take a hike. That's Number so two, I think, you know, I've had lots of people because of where I hail from, KC mm-hmm. in the house, lots of people this week ask me like what I thought about Travis freaking out and on the sidelines with Andy Reid. I think number one, most of us could not live where cameras were on us all the time. Like, God help us if we had to and had to speak for every moment where we lost our cool. God, if I was on a reality show and people were recording stuff around here or even around the office, like it would be bad. So nobody, everybody just needs to give people a little bit of grace. But secondly, I think that is a very charged up environment. I think when you're in that, under that amount of pressure in that environment with all of that on the line and you work your whole year your whole career to get there like some people work like have their career in the NFL and never make it to the Super Bowl so like there's a lot on the line um and I think that you know his brother on their podcast called him out and said you were out of line like you shouldn't have done that and he said but I think it is and I believe I agree it's a testament to how close you and Andy Reid are that you felt like you could in that moment, like you guys could have that. And, and, you know, there was a point afterward where he went to Andy Reid and he hugged him and said, like, I'm sorry, like, you know, heat of the moment. And nobody caught that on camera. Nobody wants to like talk about that. So I just think like, I'm so freaking sick of cancel culture. And like the first person like anyone, the first person can, like the person who can cast a stone is the one who's never sent. Otherwise, shut the fuck up, get out of here. Like I'm sick of your cancel culture bullshit. Like just enough is enough. Let these people be happy. Let them win the freaking Super Bowl. Like get a life, go find your own boyfriend or girlfriend, go find your own hobby. Like just stop, just stop. It's just, I'm so over it. I'm just everyone is always looking for a reason to cancel somebody cancel Travis Kelsey give me a break so those are my thoughts on it but nobody cares what I think but that is how I you know the way I see Andy Reid I feel like Andy Reid is like I feel like Andy Reid's the type of guy who worked in like the car like car industry or worked in like like an engine mechanic like his whole life like just how thick that mustache is you know like no, man, I don't this even feel like he's like a football in, coach. He's been in football and he's like been on some great, like been with some great programs. He was highly sought after. Like he's kind of the goat. Um, and he's he coming the back. dad of football. He's coming back next year because there was question of whether or not he retire. And Travis made the claim, I think, on his podcast 
said, if Andy Reid retires, I'm going to like, I won't, I won't play for anyone else. So like, wow. it's pretty, I mean that it takes a lot in that seat to like, you know, be able to like command that sort of like respect from a, that group of like super testosterone, like football players. Yeah. So like, God love him. I think they're good for them. They freaking deserved it. That game was unbelievable. If you had doubt before, I don't know. I kind of like welcome the haters because we've never been better because of all the people just out there hating for no reason. So bring it on. I don't think they care. I really don't care. I'm just like, it's kind of over this whole season was such a beating. Like all like people are just, they like, remember what your mom said. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like everyone should just be quiet. Like stop. All right. Well, let's talk about the shooting. Like, I don't know much that happened with it. So they went to this parade and then, so what, what happened? Like, you so I, I mean, I don't think we know for sure what happened yet. You know, here's what's crazy. So there were, you can see sadly, because everyone's recording everything every minute of every day, you can see very much of it on camera like you can see from far away when the shooting happens and you can hear like rapid fire gunshots like it had to be some sort of automatic or something weapon like I don't know if it was an assault rifle or what but an assault gun I don't know I don't know that much about guns but you can see where when it opened into the crowd and everyone dispersed and you can see video of her getting CPR, the woman who died getting CPR and her, you know, and so here's like, so you can see all of that on camera. And, you know, I was in a group chat with um, my girlfriends from Kansas City when all of this was happening. And I was the first one to say it in the group chat because I heard my, you know, I heard about it from people, from people that live in Kansas City that this had happened. And um, I said, well, so much for a parade. I like, I hope everyone's okay. And so there, you know, after that, there are lots of texts in this text thread that we have. And I said, you know, the thing about it is, cause we didn't know anything at that point. Like it was very early. And I said, the thing about it is, you know, Kansas city's not that big really. Like, I mean, especially cause we live in Dallas, right? So there's like 8 million people here. Like it's stupid how many people are here. But Kansas City's not that big. I think it's like 2 million maybe. And I said, when it comes out who the victims are, guaranteed somebody will know them. Like, so we'll know them somehow, right? And yeah. so it did come out that it the, the victim, the one person who died was, um, her name's Lisa Lopez Galvin. And I don't know her, but... So many people that I know know her. She was very popular person in Kansas City. And my my younger brother graduated high school with her. She went to Bishop Miege. So that she was in his graduating class. He was in her quinceanera, which is like a like a coming out party for a 15-year-old girl in the Hispanic it's community. Not coming out is becoming it, a woman. It, coming it, out it, you're coming out of the closet. Like it's no, not. no, okay, you're you're coming of age. Coming you're of coming age. Of age. <laughs> so it's it is that it's a, that party. It's like a sweet 16, but you're 15. Oh. And um he was uh in the party for that. So like he knew her, knew her. He was very sad. And he I saw him here. He was actually just left town yesterday he was um came to see me for a day and um so 
he and that was really weird because him being here like he pulled up you know we were talking about it obviously when he got here and he pulls up his facebook and he's like yeah like here like look at this and he shows me her stories because he's facebook friends with her so her stories are all pictures of them at the parade it's like her and she's with a whole posse of like kids and some of these kids are probably the ones that were shot because there were nine children that were shot and they're all expected to fully recover but it's just like disgusting now when i heard it my initial thought and this i think this is sad and a sign of the times too i initially thought like sniper or like someone you know taking advantage of a crowd like a mass shooting type like at the, the one that happened at the concert or the boston massacre people like i thought it was that kind of thing right right but not the boston massacre the boston marathon bombing or whatever but it didn't even dawn on me it didn't even occur to me until my brother said it that it really it seems to him by just the pictures of the people that were like apprehended because there were three different gunmen that were apprehended that it was probably an altercation and they were just like firing now first of all they're a terrible freaking shot if that's the case because i don't know that any of those people were actually wounded i, I don't know i don't not for sure but like so many bystanders were hurt because I think there were like 10 people shot and 20 people injured. So like maybe injured and getting trampled or like, I don't know what their injuries were, but 10 people were shot. Right. So that's pretty terrible. Um, and their aim is awful, but like when you see the guy get tackled, he's got like, I mean, the gun was it because of the way that they and I only know this from what my brother was telling me, the way that they like modify the gun, it's considered a handgun, but it's basically an assault rifle. Like it's has the capability, of, but it was, I mean, it was probably this big and like can rapid fire. And so one of the guys was tackled by like people that were at the parade, parade goers, tackle them. So like, I, I think that's also pretty interesting and a sign of the times again, that like since 9-11, it mm -hmm. seems like people are more likely to respond and like react and help in those situations. I think that's cool, but sad, you know, like it's just all really tragic. Yeah. Um, and so she passed away. It's horrible. There's like a huge outpouring. She was a DJ and just like, big in that community the um their hispanic newspaper just did a the um what's it called dos mundos i think is what it's called um did a whole write-up on her because she has like a kind of semi locally famous musical father and then she was the dj and like they were pretty well known and it's it's really sad but again for people who hate on Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift donated $100,000 on the GoFundMe page to her family. Wow. And not any shade on like for the chiefs, but I, I don't see on that page anywhere where any chiefs have made any contributions to like her family. And Taylor Swift hears about this, you know, peripherally and like goes and donates. So like for people who, yeah, things to say about her like again just stop it like she seems like a pretty decent person to me
Yeah, for sure. It's super, it's super sad. I just watched this movie on Netflix called American Assassin. It was like from 2017. And they had this, not to spoil it, it's in the beginning of the movie. There's like this scene where uh, people get shot up on a beach, like these terrorists like attack. But the way they shot it was like super real. I've never seen like a shooting like this. And I can just imagine like that's what it's like in these like real life like schools or this parade or right here in Allen, like, it's just, I, I'm just assuming, like, from that scene, it was, like, so graphic, like, it was, like, shots, like, people running, blood going everywhere, like, it just, I just can't imagine, like, it's got to be so traumatizing and so evil, you know, so. Well, I, so someone posted a, a meme, or a, a meme, a fact on um, Instagram today that I was just reading, one of my friends in Kansas City, um, that, the like gun violence in the U.S. is 26 percent or 26 times higher than anywhere else, any other like wealthy country in yeah. the world. I mean, so like something's gotta get. Like we have to figure this out. Like it, and it, and sadly for us, Texas is the biggest state, like square footage. Like it could be its own freaking country. And so we do have a very high percentage, but the other reason we have a really high percentage of this stuff that happens is because the gun laws are so loose and it's just why anyone would ever need an assault style gun is beyond me. There's no justification and how easy it is to get a gun now is just disgusting. So these people would have to have had this size of gun in a backpack. I don't know. I mean, there was, there were FBI military and police officers mm -hmm. at this, like, I think there were 600 cops at this rally plus FBI plus military presence. And I don't know how in an outdoor event like that, because there were a million people at this function. I don't know how you would even manage that, you know? And, and my, my brother made a comment like, will the next parade and i said i don't think there will be a next parade like i wonder if anyone in any city will ever do this again because it's too scary how do you police it how do you control it you i can. mean could you could you say like no backpacks but that doesn't help you with handguns like it just it's it's so sad that something that was supposed to be such an exciting happy joyous like celebration turned into this and I think it's so gross and it just makes me really sad for like where we are and like what, where do we go from here? Like what's next? Yeah. It's just could keep going until something, it's just been years. It's been like since the Monday girl, since the, I hate Mondays girl, I think it was my eighties. Like it's been like 30 years of this, you know, this like violence. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, cause obviously like so much, so many of the people on my feet like I said I didn't know this person but right so many people that I know do yeah. and because like you know we just we grew up in like this really the same area and yeah. um, I can't even look at Facebook right now without every third Dang. message being something more about it or her and people are really heartbroken and I think that it's just you know my brother kept saying like no one deserves this but Lori, she was just really such a good person, like just such a good person. Like I, I, and, and it's like everything is like 
people are really heartbroken and like really just like taken aback by this whole thing. And I just, it's just, it's sad. Like I just felt really sad about it. And, and there are just certain things that happen in our world that you feel forever changed. And this is just kind of one of them. Like, I just feel sad about it and it just feels heavy. And I just, it makes me sad for my kids. It makes me sad for what, where we go from here. It makes me sad for, will we ever have like, like normalcy, you know, and we've talked about this before, but like, I drop my kids off at school and the person that greets them is a police officer. Like that wasn't, we didn't have locked doors and cops at school when I went to school. Like these kids don't even know a day where there's not a police like patrol car parked in front of their school. It's really sad. So, so that, that was that. Let's talk about other interesting things. Not, I don't know that it's really like a higher note. Oh wait, I do want to say this for all the conspiracy theorists that said that the Travis and Taylor thing was all staged because at halftime or at the end when the chiefs won, Oh that, yeah. That they were going to come out and endorse Biden. None of that happened. So like now what? Like what are they? What Travis are they- was in like a COVID vaccine ad though. He was in that. He's like, been a- in lots of them. But the boy is like endorsement city. I mean, State Farm and some cable TV something or streaming. Like the boy's, he is advertising for everybody. So I don't know that you can point to the COVID vaccine as like a Biden endorsement. What if Travis Kelsey created the vaccine? What? Okay. First of all, he like <laughs> in the in the old tweets that I've seen of his, he can barely spell. So I'm not sure. He Viva! He's like Viva! <laughs> and I think he might have drank away his COVID fighting brain cells. <laughs> My the thing that was disappointing to me besides being completely wasted at what was still a work function for him is that it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, Hey, he ran up a bag. Apparently like these, you make like a hundred K per playoff game or something or like a hundred, 200 K like extra per game. Nice. Or something like, so. I mean, you might get CTE and like be forever injured your for the rest of your life. So like Godspeed, I mean, you know, my ex-husband was saying that people think that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday, which I think is a little over the top. It is the day when I guess the most amount of people call in sick to work. Mm-hmm. But if it's not religious, I can't imagine we're like coming up with another holiday at this point. Like, like we're taking them off the map anymore. Yeah, God bless the remote game. That's why everybody wants to go work remote, you know, like. Well, you still have to be sober and actually show up to work. But anyway, so I just, I want to know what all of the freaking, you know, conspiracy theorists have to say now, because none of those things panned out. And now what are they going to latch on to? I'm sure they'll find something. But anyway, so first, this is crazy. Okay. There is a stingray that has been in captivity, that is, has been in captivity and alone in a tank for since last July and is pregnant. What the heck? And there are two possibilities of how this could happen. Number one, under very extreme circumstances, a stingray has the ability 
to self-impregnate in order to save this, the population, in order to save the species. So like it could be that, which is what? Or, and like, let me just say, if humans figure out how to self-impregnate, y'all are, men are done. Like you guys are screwed because the need will just like, sometimes it's easier to do it without a man. I'm just saying, I'm just, you guys, you should hope humans can't figure this out. So, or the other possibility is last July, she had, she was in a tank with a small, like baby shark and that could have impregnated her, which also what? Like, so we won't know which one of these scenarios it was, I guess until it's born. And I like either it looks half shark, half stingray, or they do like a DNA. I don't know. But like, is that the craziest thing you ever heard of? That is potentially, yeah. Well, why are they doing this? Why are they trying to like freaking create a little officer? Is it just for They're not trying to do anything. They just had her swimming around by herself in the tank and all of a sudden she was pregnant and they're like whoa 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 oh, they didn't keep her in the tank to see if she no. would like reproduce. They, this was not planned uh, okay but now you have a, a stingray who's happening. been without a male stingray and is pregnant That's i wonder why. why god created stingrays to be able to do that like what did he know like hey the stingrays are about to be down bad like well, why here's a here's what i think is a better question or another like verse to that question okay if god made stingrays able to do it it would stand a reason there are lots of other species that are able to do it because yeah, i think flowers can or something because he's he's not just gonna say mm, let's go with stingrays <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, stingrays. They, they have they have a huge contribution to the planet. No, so it would stand to reason that other species probably have the capability. What if we just haven't figured it out yet? And truly, what if humans can do it? What if dogs can do it? Like this. What is that like? How did the stingray be able to do it though? Like, did it just did it like will it? Don't like, know, we don't know because we don't know if that's what happened. We don't, it could be the baby shark, but even that's weird, right? Freaking weird. Why are they no. keeping? I don't know. Well, lots of, there in aquariums, there are all kinds of animals swimming around together. So like, sure. I don't think anyone was trying to make this happen. It was a crazy byproduct. And now we're going to see what comes of it. Insane in the membrane. I'm immediately after this podcast going to have Starbucks delivered to you. I know I need it. I need another ice bath. You need something. Okay. So the yeah. last thing that I want to talk about, because I was, I was in like a, I, I traveled down some internet, like hole of like fish and reptiles or something. I don't really know. But then I ran across something that I need everyone to get off this podcast when this is over and Google the Titan I looked it up. Holy crap. Pretty freaky, man. It is a like prehistoric, like it roamed with dinosaurs. It's a snake that can be up that. to, yeah, it can be up to 50 feet, I think, long. Yeah. 
and very easily and it's very pre like predatory so like will go after you and it it like it's a boa it's of the boa family so it will like wrap around you and kill you and they thought that they were extinct but then there's some billionaire who lives on like the tip of a jungle and was hiding one in captivity and the FBI was tipped off to it. So they went and searched his home and like everything was going swimmingly. They weren't finding anything anywhere. And then on their way out, they see this random door off to the side that had like a metal sign on it. And they open this door and there's a Titanoboa. I hope I'm saying that right. Caged and like fighting, not really that happy with what's going on, and living in this billionaire's cave. Oh, it's crazy. Jungle cave. What? And Dude, I want to like get around the billionaires and just see like the stuff they're into, you know, like to have that many resources just to buy use this. Use it for good instead of tight Naboa. I mean, really. Could you imagine, and like, what, you're just on a simple hike and then you see a huge snake? Like, what would you well, do? Well, okay, so then when you go down this rabbit hole of the Titanoboa, God, I hope I'm saying that right. I feel like I am. How, can, how else can you say it? Tight anyway, so there are, I think in Singapore, maybe, there was, like, aerial, an aerial shot of they yeah. were surveying the land or whatever, and you can see what is a probably a titan, Titanoboa in the water and people have tried to discount it saying that it was like you know superimposed there or whatever or photoshop yeah. or that it was like a pipe of some sort but it really looks snake-like to me and it looks terrifying and i'm already afraid of the jungle for sure but like this is next level so what i say last week i was never going to australia because i'm afraid of the spiders we can put Singapore on the list because now they've got, you know, 50 foot snakes. What's the freakiest thing in the U.S.? Like, do we have any Titanoboas or any like... I mean, we have plenty of things. Like, do you know how vicious bears are? Bears, bears are... are vicious. Okay. And if you want to talk about a rabbit hole, there was this guy who thought the bears had a bad rap and decided to go live with the bears for like, oh, for like 20 years or something, right? Until, like they, part, until they decided they had enough. And, and it is on audio of him getting mauled and, and murdered by bear. How did he get an audio? Because he was recording a lot of his time with the bears, but I guess it knocked the camera footage out when he was mauled and it just got the audio. And there is audio on the internet that you can hear this guy being mauled and murdered by bears. So it wasn't like a Tarzan situation. He wasn't like able to communicate with the bears. And... I don't think he was, able, but he was living with them, like cohabitating for a while. I wonder what what switched. Like, why wasn't it day one? Why was it like? Did they say, "Oh, he's not a threat"? But, or like, how did he out? infiltrate them for so long? Because my thing is, I feel like if you ever run up on a bear murder is the case that they gave you like they're gonna kill him right away no matter what but how he like infiltrated and lived with them and cohabitated and it was like i wonder if like he won like he learned their language or something and then they're like like they became he came too close to the fire that the fire burned him you know what i'm I don't saying know. but i i think you can speculate all you want you can go read about it and we can educate ourselves further but all i do know is yes in the u.s 
bears are really scary yeah mountain lions are pretty scary hell even coyotes we have coyotes out here they're pretty vicious yeah i know they run in little wolves packs are, wolves are scary yeah so we've got some stuff too this is no picnic in texas we've got some scary snakes what are the the what are the scary snakes here rattlesnakes no there's a I are a little, little rattle. No, no, no. There's a specific type of snake that they say to always look out for in our parts. A water moccasin? No. I am afraid of those, but I don't know. The okay. point is... There's animals. The world is scary, and some of them, if not all of them, can self-impregnate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they can make their own breeds. It's really stressful. So... And that is our, um, I'm that, that is the end of me being Jack Hanna and bringing you fun half. Uh, long, long live, uh, what was his name? Steve, uh, Steve Irwin or whatever. Yes, we are, yeah. we are bad at this. We should stick to insurance. So let's, let's get For back sure. to insurance. So let's talk. So we said last week that we were going to kind of take a break from the insurance side of things and talk a little bit about the agency and the building side of the business. And I think we had a really interesting probably like I've experienced it several times in my career just because I led people for longer than you have and this is all there are some things that are, you know are new to you and that you're just experiencing and recently we have an agent who's been with us from the beginning um and was with us at the previous place and was trying to do the broker thing here and trying to muscle through and really just kind of eking by and we had our administrative assistant took another position. And so we found ourselves in a place where we needed to find someone to do all of the administrative tasks that really are a full-time job. I and mean, we just don't have time to do it and sell, right? And yeah. so you were a little apprehensive. No, like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. You tell me. When we looked to slotting this person in, like, what were your thoughts? Because it was my suggestion. Well, no, you just kind of executed. You didn't really. <laughs> yeah, it was my execution. Right. You're right. <laughs> you didn't really. Have I informed you. And I sort of, I will say, because I knew what your response would probably be. So that's why. Yeah, it's, you know, it's good. So it's just funny. It's just funny. Like, you really need to come up with a process of, like, interview hiring. Because it kind of, like it kind of sucks up a lot of time, you know, like we hired someone else. They came in, they called me Derek. Like Derek talks a little too much. It was funny. We did like this training and this person was like, Ooh, a lot. She's like, I just want to make this clear. She's like, I do not want a full-time role. I do not. And I'm like, Hey, it's probably 20 hours. Oh, okay. You know, it's just like, well, it's just, it's just a pain, you know? Can, like, I, can I interject though, a thought there? Be because I think that this is probably a learning for us too. When you really, because not it's not normal that you're able to have your previous person train your new person, right? And there are some beautiful parts to that because it's nice to have some, when the baton's being passed, it's nice to have someone who's doing it, but that's not always, that is not always an option. But it also can be potentially a bad thing because, and hear me out, 
people have a need to kind of inflate their importance, right? So when they're explaining to someone, whether it's conscious or not, when they're explaining to someone what they do, they have a tendency to like inflate it and make it seem like it's such a complicated, there's such a, they're such an integral part and no one else is going to be able to do it. And this is why, and this is what I've come up with. And this is why I'm so great and whatever. And so I do think that because we did have the, the, her predecessor training on it. And I think because when she, when she said it to me, like, it seems really like a lot of tech and really overwhelming. And I'm like, I know what this person does. And like, I guess hearing it all in one fell swoop, it seems like it would be a lot, but like, it just really, it's just tedious. It's, it's really not, none of it's complicated. None of it's like rocket science. It's just tedious. It's a lot of like points and clicks. Right. But I think that that also is something you have to kind of beware of because it can really sound like a super overwhelming thing because we tend to inflate everything we do that no one else can do it right so kind of yeah i do think that like it is like 50 websites and like you have to make spreadsheets you have to like take information in and make your own sheet. But like, that's tedious. That's not complicated. That's not rocket science. I know. I think, but like for someone who's like, do I download a website? Like that's their, <laughs> that's their level of, and no shade. It's just, you know, and if, it, if it's like, okay, do I, do, I'm trying to think of something like really like um, funny. I don't know. Like, do I buy Chrome? I don't know. Like, do I buy Firefox? No, it's a free application. Like if that's like, if that's your level of like, and then it's like, all right, go to this side, this side, this side, spreadsheet, spreadsheet, send your left, right? Yes, it is tedious, but I do think, and for someone that doesn't actually want to work, you know, like someone that's like, oh, I, I'm already set up. Like, I thought this was going to be like, you know, because a lot of people, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, and this is like probably in general, like a lot of people are like, think everything's really, they want the easy version. They're like, what's like the minimum to do here to do this? Like, but that's just not how life works. Like everything takes a certain level of finesse. So, so, so she was out, but the, the, so then we, so then Lori hired this internal agent to do it and it's good. It's just, um, it just things, things never get, I don't know. It's finding the balance of like, things don't get done as fast as are needed. It always takes longer than expected well, so it's, it's not it's good it's not taking longer because of them it's just it's a very tedious process like you no know, it is like it like some parts are like just like an already tell and it's no attack i think it's better than me or us doing it so like it's fine but like until you have someone who's like w2 sitting like you have to be at this time doing this, like things get done longer. Like this week, things have been pushed back due to not doing it or not like not grinding or only doing it for 20 minutes or an hour or two, you know, like it's, so it's good. It's moving the ball forward. It's just, you know, it's not, it's okay. So 
So it's let mid. Me, it's mid. To put it in Gen Z term, it's like it's lower to upper mid. So you know? let me let me let's digress for a second because I think you've missed the assignment on what this podcast is. So the the point of this is that when you're building a 1099 agency, what you will have, and, and you will be able to pretty quickly pick out if you have people who are W two people who need a checklist and they need someone to be accountable to and are going to do better in an instance where they are held accountable to like a certain set of things getting done versus people who are absolute hustlers and go-getters and are going to be able to self-motivate and revamp the system that is going to make it more, make them more efficient. People who are going to be able to think through the problem themselves and come up with a solution and, and get themselves made A to B with very minimal help or are going to be able to, you know, like, like me, for instance, like this week, you know, feeling a little bit in a rut. I felt like I knew I had to take Thursday off for some stuff, like some personal stuff that I had to do. So I had to front load my week and then Fridays always get sucked up with lots of content and stuff. So I had to be very deliberate about all of my planning. And so I literally time blocked every hour of my day, exactly what it was going to look like. It, it didn't, didn't mean that it all always got done. Right. But even just for a person who's not self-motivated, they would never time block and even try to stay to a schedule. Like it's, if it's not handed to them, they're probably not going to do it. Right. And then I said, I gave myself, I have to put in X amount of deals a day before the day is done. And every day I hit it um, because that's what a 1099 self-employed self-starter does versus someone who is a W2 employee. And I think when we had the need come about I've seen this person in both capacities before, and my take has been very different. My my friend Dakota has a very um, he's he's very driven, but sometimes his expectations don't hold up to what people can actually deliver. Like you and he's and and I say this lovingly to you because everyone who works for us in some capacity will say. It never, it never matters. Like when I tell Dakota, I finished something. Yeah, that's great. I'm really glad to hear it. Now what about this, 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 this. And like, that is how his brain works, but it's really not how most people's brains work, right? They want to celebrate the victory they had. He wants to talk about all the things they didn't do. So like, take that with a grain of salt. But this per it's true. We, you want me to get them? I will have guests on the podcast next time and they can tell about it. So- yes. So I think what my bird's eye view of this thing has been is this person has probably put in more hours and been more driven to get through this list. And we've made more progress on it than when you and I were doing it with her doing it. Things were like in my mailbox, like she got release letters for me. She did the follow-up. She like did a lot of stuff that it was taking us a long time to find to do. And so I just think when you're in a building situation, those you have to be able to pretty quickly size someone up 
to if they're going to be able to do it or not. And that was like one of the handicaps that I felt like I, I had at the other place, because as a leader there, I wasn't really what I was held accountable to was, was I able to every person they gave me push them through and make them a good agent. And that's not even realistic because maybe 10% of the population has the chops to pull off being self-employed, maybe 10%. And to be, to put yourself in a commission only environment is very challenging and not, not everyone should do it. And I was held accountable to being able to push everyone through and so we always, as leaders, were told that we were failing, but we were not set up for success because we were handed a bunch of people that were never going to make it. Like they, they didn't have what it takes. And that's not any, that's not against that person. It's not a bad thing. I, I thought it was more humane to say to them, this is not right for you. Like no matter how much I, unless I sit and write your deals for you and source your clients for you you're not going to get this. Like you're not going to make enough to survive. So to me, it seemed more humane to cut them, but we were held accountable to keeping them. And so we were always kind of set up for failure because they would literally, if you could fog a mirror, they would hire you like done. Yes. And anybody can do this. And yes, I think anyone could do it, but like, if you don't have those other skills that are, are so necessary for a 1099 position, Yes, you physically could do it. You could learn the skills of what it takes, but you're never going to be able to pull it off. And I think that is the hard part of this job because you see the potential and you want it for everybody, but not yeah. everybody's going to be able to do it. And it's just, there are W2 people in this world and there are people that will thrive in that environment. And then there are 1099 people in this world and it's a smaller percentage of the population, but because the risk is so high, the reward is also so high. And I think that's a really important part of building is, is really only making sure you only bring in the people who are going to be the go-getters and set the world on fire because the 80, 20 rule. And we talked about this before the 80, 20 rule says, you know, 20% of your population are going to make you the money. Right. And so you should spend your time cutting off the 80% and just getting rid of the 80% axiom because then you have 20% left and then you figure out the 80, 20 of that group and either people will rise to the occasion or they will not. So, you know, I just think it, it's an interesting, um, like something to, experience. It's not always easy to do. It's hard to take the dream away from people, but there just are people in this world that are, you know, meant to be 1099. And as a, an agency builder, you are doing the more humane thing to save them the time because people will hold on to this dream of being self-employed so much that they'll put themselves in financial ruin. They'll try to make it go for so long. And it, it would have been more humane for someone to say to them, this is not going to work. Don't financially ruin yourself. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of times in the 1099 world, it's like a recruiting culture, recruit, recruit, recruit. 
don't do that because like it takes so much effort to onboard people and like it's not worth it and also the chargebacks and like just the roll-up debt like that can happen like if people leave sometimes like when you recruit people and they take advances if they leave you're co-signing the loan for them so like oh, there's a lot of mlm agencies out there like no it sh you should like carefully like check it out you know make sure you feel good because you're going to put a lot of time in that person you know so either work so that is our little tidbit about building this week um so i guess that's about it on to another week um and onward upward right onward and upward but guys thank you for watching if this brought you any value any good nuggets leave a comment down below like comment subscribe share it all the things we will be back in our regular home in the same building next week and we hope that you'll tune in but until then i am lori i'm dakota thanks for listening bye bye